Bibles to Romans chapter 2. I thought it was important to share with you about Justin Smith in China. I think he's got four children and uh, they can't go to school. All schools are shut down. No one's allowed to leave their houses. So he uh, called and asked for prayer. Also, I wanted to point out to you, over the Christmas season, we send our missionaries a bonus check. And we got, we got this little note from the, the Whites, Corby and Ashley White. They're in Poland. Thank you so much for your ongoing prayer and financial support. The money you sent to us for Christmas and the money for the tents for our street church. Thank you. We will probably be ordering a new tent this week and may have some left over to purchase new coffee and tea makers. They set up a little tiny shop in the middle of town on certain days and preach the gospel as well. Uh, that's, that's one little thing I wanted to share with you and some of you might know that Robin Sherry Haggerty to Chile uh, they they had to come back off the field off the mission field because both of their parents were, were going through terrible physical t times so they came off for a little bit helped their parents and now they're back there in Chile but they're not staying they're moving back home again. They, they feel the higher calling of taking care of their, their parents. Uh, but they do hope and plan to get back on the mission field, and they pray for wisdom for that. Romans chapter 2. Romans is such a, such a, such a blessing. And yet we, I have to tell you the truth, I, I tend to avoid teaching it. I just couldn't avoid it anymore. Uh, and it's tough. But the, the tougher it is, the more we learn. Today, tonight we're going to learn about the, we're going to learn about the moralist. The moralist. The moralist are those, I've had these recently. I don't need Christ. I don't need church. Leave me alone. I'm better than most of the people in your church anyway. I'm a good person, and God will honor that. I don't, I don't need this. And Oh, he's so wrong. We all need this. There is a time in our life when this helps us get through and protects us and insulates us from, from, uh, from the evils that are out there. But I point out to you that I, uh, the moralist is something that we need to be careful of. We don't want to be someone who has no, who doesn't have a need for Christ. The case here. If you read with me, chapter 2. Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, Whosoever thou art that judgest, 
For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest does the same or similar things. But we are, but we are sure, verse 2, that the judgment of God is according to the truth against them which commit such things. It is an excellent thing to study this chapter. It answers a lot of our questions, probably not for a Wednesday night group. You all sacrifice to get here in snowstorms as well. And, uh, but the, here, here's it. This is it. There are those who think so highly of themselves. They are the moral list morally they are superior to others they would say the moral list an excellent thing for them to teach us about judging and criticizing others that's how you know mostly if you are a moral list the judgment of god self-righteousness the moralist and the legalist this this chapter teaches us so much about what we should be trusting in not on our good good works not on our good morals but on jesus christ and jesus christ alone wow the moralist in the eyes of scripture is a person who lives a moral and clean life but he judges others because they don't he sits back, raises his eyebrow, and says, I'm better than that person. I'm better than those persons. And he condemns himself because he is judging others. Please be careful. He judges others because they do not live as he thinks they should. He is moral, upright, just, good, decent, and honorable and quite possibly going to hell. Wish you could have seen what I just seen. Almost all your heads came up. We don't get to heaven on good works. Because of Christ in our lives, we do good works. But w there are those that do good works and good things to get to heaven. And they leave Jesus Christ out of it. A relationship with Jesus Christ, they leave it out. The moralist has strong values, high standards and principles. He is well disciplined and able to control with discipline his life. He lives just as everyone else thinks a moral person should. He knows right from wrong, his right from wrong, and he lives it. He knows how to behave and he, he does it well and usually in front of a lot of people. He is a good neighbor. He is an excellent worker. He is a provider for his family. He is an ideal citizen, but I wanted you to notice these things. The moralist, if you want to know who, if you're, if you're him, the moralist one judges others. He's a tremendous high power judge 
that judges the acts and activities of everybody else. You know, there are some people that if we could just walk in their moccasins, we would understand more and have more grace. But in this case, in this case, the moralist judges others. It means he criticizes others. He so easily finds fault with others. The terrible flaw of the moralist, any person becomes a moralist when he sets himself up as judge and jury. Anytime, anytime we judge others, we judge another person. We judge, we judge somebody's servant when we judge others. We are declaring when we do that that we are living by some rule that another person is not living by our rules. One of the problems there is as we grow older, we accumulate things that work for us and we judge others by our own standards, by our own experiences. We are declaring that we are more moral than anyone else. We are better off than anyone else. We are superior to everyone else. We are more righteous than others, more acceptable to God and man than anyone else. I want to point this out to you, a very famous verse that deserves to be said. Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10. Would you turn there? Just back to the right a little bit. Ephesians 2. The moralist, by the way, does good things. He's the one that would stop along the side of the road if you were broke down. He's very helpful. He's caring. But he doesn't give God any of the credit. He doesn't have the need to recognize God in his life. I want to point this out to you from, from Ephesians 2, starting in verse 8. For by grace... Are you saved? God's grace. What we know about God's grace is that it's free. It can't be earned. For by grace are you saved. Through, because of faith. And that it's not of yourselves. It's the gift of God. It is not of works. Not of works of righteousness. Lest any man should boast. We get to heaven because of his righteousness. We do righteous and good things because Christ is in us. We don't do, the, we, we, uh, don't do it backwards. We don't do good things and leaving God out of it. We do good things because Christ is in us. For by grace are you saved, verse 8, through faith that not of yourselves it is the gift of God. Verse 9, it's not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of works. You can't buy your way into heaven. You can't give more offering money so you can go to heaven. You can't give more offering money so that others can go to heaven. It's not of works. It's not of works of righteousness. It's through Jesus Christ what he did for us that we go to heaven. You get to heaven 
They ask you, why do you think you're here? What have you done to deserve this? We haven't done anything to deserve this except trusting Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. That should be our answer, putting it all upon Christ. But this next verse, verse 10. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in, him, in them, living our lives to please Him, doing our best not to do anything that displeases Him. Because why? We're His workmanship. We're, we belong to Him. Therefore, we are to serve Him and do our best to serve our Master and our Lord. It has nothing to do with the good moral things we might do. Wow. Judging others. Back in Romans 2. Judging others says, I'm right, you're wrong. I succeed, but you fail. Therefore, look at me. Ignore him. Don't look at him. Draw close to me, but shun him, is what the moralist says. Esteem me as being great and wonderful and godly, but put don't, but don't, don't even think about him. Approve of me, but condemn him. Be my friend, but get away from him. Very simply, the moralist. Very simply. He is one that judges others, raises himself, the, the old elevator illustration, raises himself and lowers the esteem of others through criticism, through condemning, through judging. Well, that's not the way we, we do it around here. It's not the way we used to do it around here. It's not the way. And on and on and on. Be careful. The moralist is constantly uh, complaining and criticizing of others. In Matthew 7, 1, judge not or you will be judged. Judge not or you will be judged. In Romans 14, who art thou that judgest another man's servant? To his own master he standeth or falleth. Yea, he shall be holden up, for God is able to make him stand. That is a perfect example. We are not to criticize or, or condemn another man's servant. Who you're criticizing, judging, and condemning isn't your servant. Servant, it's his servant. It's God's servant. Don't be criticizing God's workmanship. You don't know what stage of life they're in. You don't know until you've walked in their moccasins. I've said that too often. Wow. Here we also saw that the moralist has no excuse. You are without excuse, it said. And he condemns himself because he does the very similar things of those people that uh, he's condemning, judging, and criticizing. 
He's inexcusable. All temptation, all sins are common to all men. You have a particular sin that you're attracted to because of your weakness or because of strength, because of your situation. You cannot say, I'm excused because it's me, because of my situation. No, all sin, there's nothing new under the sun. All sin is condemnable by God. All temptation is common to man. 1 Corinthians 10, 13. And here's one. I, I've had the occasion to share this with men in men's fellowship even. In Matthew 5, 27, Jesus said, You have heard that it was said by them of old time, Thou shalt not commit adultery. I think we all agree that adultery is sin. No, it was sin. It was sin. But now the only sin is calling something like that sin. Because after all, everybody does it. Well, Jesus is saying that we are, that we are the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. That, that he is, this does not change because of culture. Adultery is sin. And I think that every good Christian man or woman would, would agree with that. However, Jesus goes on. You have heard that it was said, Matthew 5, 27, by them of the old time, thou shalt not commit adultery. But I say unto you that whosoever even looks on a woman to lust after her, hath committed adultery with her already in his heart. It is, it is something that uh, we be careful. We have to be careful. Us men have to be careful because it's so easily begotten in our culture. Just turn on the computer. It's there so easily. Turn on your phone. Our children are being so easily exposed to sinful things and raising their expectations of life and life. But the truth is, even though it's there, even though it's there everywhere all around us, Christian men have the strength, we have the power to say no to that temptation. We don't want to commit adultery, to lust after her in his heart. In God's eyes, sin is a matter of the heart and mind, not just an act, it's intentions as well. There are, there are some that are so easily led down the perfect and narrow path, saying no to all of their temptations, saying no to anything that we would that we would uh, consider as sin, that God would consider as sin. We're so e easily led down the, as long as there's no temptation. But let temptation come, and there we go. We have to be able to have the power to say no, even when it's inconvenient. Years ago, youth pastor 
at another local church. I was taking my youth group downtown to go soul winning door to door. And it was, it was quite an experience. And uh, we got in the habit of that on Saturday mornings. We would go downtown, and it was quite an adventure. I have lots of side stories about it. But the one time we were going down Pleasant Valley Boulevard, right in front of Fry Sweeper. That's where you go a lot or used to go a lot. And we were going down, down and I had three teenage boys in the back, and it was just a little tiny car, and I had one in the front. And I'm talking to them about techniques, and I'm talking to them about the Lord, and all of a sudden, a beautiful girl is walking down the road. No sidewalk, just walking down the road on the right. I think they all came halfway out of the car whistling at her. I was mad. I was hot. We're trying to win souls, and you're lusting about over, over pretty girls. Get your mind out of the gutter. Let's, let's do this. Let's do this right. We got another two blocks down the road, and uh, after my little outburst of anger, righteous anger, we got a little further down the road, and here come that lady's sister. And my boys... Three of the, them became are now pastors, by the way. But my boys did the same thing. But instead of, instead of whistling at the girl, they said, look at that soul container. <laughs> I just say this, and all of us men especially, I suppose you girls have a problem with it too maybe but uh, God gave us eyes and we appreciate bodies as a matter of fact our, we appreciate our Christian women not showing off too much of their bodies uh, because some of us have weaknesses with that but to look upon a woman with lust in your heart is committing adultery my goodness, if we would look at that as, as sincerely and learn to hate what God hates and love what God loves. Wow. I think we're just going to stop right there. I had a whole bunch more, but I got some bunny trails there. Let's go to the Lord. Lord, just ask for your help. Help us, dear Lord, to rely completely on you to get our strength, our power from you. Ask you, dear Lord, to use us. Help us, dear Lord, with the workmanship that you've given us, the skills, the gifts, abilities. Help us, Lord, to use them for you. And Lord, help us to stop with our judging, with our criticizing, with our complaining about things. Help us, Lord, to see things through your eyes. Help us, Lord, to love the, the unlovable, to love them into your, into your arms. In Jesus' name, amen.